To me, being woke means that you recognize that the world is not a simple place, that everything is not all equal, that justice has not happened yet for everyone, and that there is a lot of work to be done. Your eyes are wide open and you're paying attention. And you're reaching out and speaking to people along the way and bringing them on and to increase the amount of wokeness in your community. Being woke is like eyes wide open, everything is clear. You can always see things that other people can just ignore or they just don't know. Woke for me is just being outraged all the time and being able to stay human and feel outraged about injustice that is happening around me. It's being uncomfortable all the time and making sure that I'm speaking on behalf of those that can't speak up for themselves. Some people know what's happening around them, but they are not doing anything. They're just like, right. well, it is what it is. Yeah. That's not what woke means, that you actually take it upon yourself to be like, this is something I need to fix. Yeah. I need to be part of the solution. And I mean, the thing is to, to do that, knowing that you can fix it, whatever your level or platform is, because yeah. there's always an opportunity for you to do just a little something to support them. I also think about what words actually mean and how yeah. we give them power, right? Are you just gonna wear it across your chest but actually not live it out? Or are you going to give this word a meaning with your actions, with your daily commitment? And I think in order for us to really progress, we're gonna need people to really step out of their comfort zones and have those uncomfortable conversations and not just live in a space where they get to preach to people who already understand yeah. what it means. Couldn't agree more. I think to be woke means that you are aware of the issues and the world around you. I believe it means that you are engaged in the work of justice. This is a time where we just, we can't afford to be asleep. We have to be all the way alert. Without action on the knowledge that we have now, our world will never change. And we need that more than ever. And welcome to... Two Steps Ahead podcast. Two Steps Ahead podcast highlights the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom, and are you woke? That's the question that we're going to be addressing. Wokeness. Are you woke? Are you awake? Are you aware of your surroundings? And as we heard in that opening clip, it's a recognition of the things going on around us, the injustices that are happening, and how we if we recognize them, we can bring justice to the injustice. There's work that needs to be done. We need to be proactive, take care of things. It's our eyes being open, open to our surroundings, open to the things that go on in our daily lives. And if we take action to do justice to the unjust, then we're woke. The one thing that I found irritating about the comment in that opening segment, and I don't understand why anybody would want to be this way, but it's outraged all the time. Why would you want to be outraged all the time? How can you enjoy life if you're outraged all the time? How can you enjoy the pleasures of living if you're outraged all the time? You know, you're uncomfortable all the time, I think, was another comment. And I think that's where social media comes in. If you have social media and you're a social justice warrior on social media, then yeah, you might uh, be uncomfortable all the time. You might be outraged all the time because you go there to your social media and you can hashtag whatever it is you want and you show them. But is that really what we want to be? You know, if you've been with us the last few, we uh, few weeks, last couple of months, we've gone over some things such as bringing out the inner greatness in us 
raising the standard so that we up our game to have a positive influence on others so that they may up their game and then it perpetuates over and over and we bring out this goodness. We make things better. But is wokeness really making things better? Is wokeness really the avenue by which we make things better? We raise the bar. We bring out that inner greatness. Is wokeness a a mentality of a lion where you go after it? Or is it a pack of hyenas where you just jump on somebody, one person, or one thing? Does wokeness lead to the council culture? Possibly. And so those are some of the things we're going to take a look at, things that we need to fix. And as I started thinking about this and going over this, there's many things that took place over the past week since the last time we were together that got me thinking about this. And, you know, most recently was the cancel culture. And so we had Pepe Le Pew. Last week we talked about him. And how Pepe Le Pew was the representation of the rape culture. So we had to get rid of a cartoon skunk because it's disastrous to society to have a skunk. And then we had to uh, get rid of or at least change or become gender neutral, Mr. Potato Head. And then other things that went along with it, Speedy Gonzalez. And then you think about Uncle Ben's rice. We had to get rid of Uncle Ben off the package because, you know, that was racist. And I'm not debating the racist part of it, but is it the wokeness part of it that we sit there and we look at something as a perceived injustice? And so we have to rectify it now by removing these things off of packages. And so as I was thinking about it, and as I was going over some of the stuff, a clip came to mind, or at least I discovered a clip from Bill Maurer on his show, Real Time, on HBO. And he had a comment that he was talking about the difference between China and the USA. And he was talking about this difference between the two countries as it comes to basically how the advancement and development of each country has become. So I'm going to play the clip, you take a listen, and then we'll discuss it. So here is Bill Maurer on China versus the USA. We see a problem and we ignore it, lie about it, fight about it, endlessly litigate it, sunset closet, kick it down the road, and then write a bill where a half-assed solution doesn't kick in for 10 years. China China sees a problem and they fix it. They build a dam. We debate what to rename it. That's why their airports look like this and ours look like this. In San Francisco, it took 10 years just to get two bus lines through environmental review. The Big Dig, a tunnel in Boston, took 16 years. And don't get me started on my solar hookup. China once put up a 57-story skyscraper in 19 days. They demolished and rebuilt the San Yuan Bridge in Beijing in 43 hours. We binge watch, they binge build. When COVID hit Wuhan, the city built a quarantine center with 4,000 rooms in 10 days, and they barely had to use it because they quickly arrested the spread of the disease. They were back to throwing raves in swimming pools. Well, we were stuck at home surfing the dark web for black market Charmin. (laughs) We're not losing to China. We lost. 
the returns just haven't all come in yet. They made robots that check a kid's temperature and got their asses back in school. Most of our kids are still pretending to take Zoom classes while they watch TikTok and their brain cells slowly commit ritual suicide. Now, the difference there between the two countries obviously deals with something other than wokeness. But it got me thinking about the idea of wokeness and how in China, according to what Bill was saying, and I don't I don't think you can totally praise China completely because they have a lot of atrocities that they deal with and a lot of things that I think it overlooked that we as the American government, uh, we the people tend to ignore because we prefer our creature comforts. But. And that's the difference, the difference between the wokeness in America and the lack of wokeness in China. But the idea is, is that when China sees a problem, they go after it and they fix it. They go after it and they resolve the issue. Now, the manner in which they do that is what is subject to some of the human rights violations and things like that. But just take for the surface level of it, they see a problem and they fix it. Okay, We in America, we see a problem and we just ponder it. Or we call out the social injustice of it these days. Or we come up with, like he said in the clip, we're going to debate how to name it or rename it. And we don't come up with solutions. Okay? And so if we've had this woke idea, and again, to start off, let's have the definition of what woke is. And basically, wokeness or woke is a heightened state of social, political, and cultural awareness. So it's just a heightened state of social, political, and cultural awareness. Now, what we go from there depends on the level of wokeness and how wokeness fits in or weaves into the fabric of who we are, our society, the politics, and the culture of America. Now, I know a lot of people, when you hear them talk about woke and wokeness, you'll think back to the 1960s and the movement that took place in the 60s with the uh, social injustices. Some might even go back to the 1940s. And they might say that the 1940s, a musician brought it out and, and there were some people talking about it. And maybe there was an, an article in the uh, New York Times or some paper talking about it. And basically, wokeness came out of this idea of being wide awake. Now, as I was looking, I like to look beyond the headlines. I like to look beyond the news sites. And I like to go into academia. Academia can be a very dangerous place and it can be a very fruitful place. It just depends. It's it's that dynamic. You've got some great things in academia and you've got some very bad things in academia. So I was going through the academic journals and I came across a couple of journals and I encourage you to do the research yourself and not just rely on me to tell you, but I've done the academic research. And wokeness, which a lot of people will say comes from being wide awake, actually goes back to 1860. Now, 1860, Abraham Lincoln was running for president. Now, there's some debate as to whether or not he was going to win without the awakeness of a group of people. But nonetheless, in the 1860s, in politics, this wide awake movement came to the forefront and it helped Abraham Lincoln become elected president. And then from there, you have history. And so who were these people? These people at the time, of course, if you understand history, in the 1800s, slavery was still into, um, was still in full swing. Eventually, the Civil War was a fight over that. And then you also have, you know, women, they can't vote. So obviously, it was a bunch of white men that became this wide awake group. And they were abolitionists. They were people that were anti-slavery. And so what they wanted to do was they wanted Abraham Lincoln to win because he was going up against a Confederate president, and they wanted to eventually abolish slavery. So when you go back to this wide awake and this awokeness, awakeness that we're talking about, 
It actually has early roots into the 1800s. That's important because does it fit the narrative of today and how things change and how fluid wokeness has actually become. Now, when you have an ideology and you're looking at the social, political, cultural climate of our country or your surroundings, your social circle, and you have your ideology, obviously we want to make sure that our ideology fits with whatever it is that we're seeing. And sometimes change needs to be made. So, for example, the abolitionists wanting to do away with slavery, they took up a movement and they were able to make change. Some of the things they were up against, for example, was Abraham Lincoln wasn't even able to get on the ballot in some of the southern states. They wouldn't put him on the ballot. Other places, they had to go and make sure that, you know, things like voting and voting rights and things like that were being taken care of for the time. And so they were literally a movement. They had uniforms, they had conformity, but they had one common goal, and that was to get Abraham Lincoln elected president so that they could eventually do away with slavery because they were all abolitionists. And so when you look at that, and we look at the origination of wokeness and how it applies to today, you can see a genesis and then an evolution of it, and now Basically, today, this social, political, cultural awareness is that of racial injustice, racial discrimination, racial issues, and that's what it's become. So if you aren't woke, and wokeness could include white privilege, it could include class status. I mean, it's a fluid thing that really doesn't make much sense unless you are in it, unless you are really there digging and like she said, unless you're outraged all the time, unless you're uncomfortable all the time, wokeness really isn't understandable because it can be anything. There's no definition. Like I said, the only definition was a heightened state of awareness, really. Outside from that, it could be anything. You have a definition of wokeness that is fluid, that's in flux, that could be many things. And so when I start out with Bill Maher there and the differences between China and the U.S., it seems like we have gotten today into society, we would not rather raise the bar raise the standard, try to bring out our inner greatness, solve problems, solve solutions, but we'd rather sit there and kind of be woke about it and get on social media and hashtag everything and be able to try to affect change that way. We might want to put a black square in our social media, and we think we're affecting change. And we're going to get to some of these things as we go out, uh, as we talk about this throughout the evening. The other thing that I find interesting is that you get variations of wokeness depending on who you talk to. And it's funny because even I've got a couple clips and I've got some diverse clips from diverse people, people from different backgrounds. And I have two uh, ladies and one of them, and on that first piece was, uh, uh, they were all black women that were talking in that opening clip. There's another lady that is a black woman and she's talking about wokeness and how wokeness is. And I would give you her name, but I, totally cannot pronounce it but if you uh, look up wokeness you'll see you know, you'll come across her her first name is spelled a-y-i-s-h-a-t and her last name is a-k-a-n-b-i and so uh if you just google her you'll see some things pop up but she has a comment where she talks about the dangers basically of being woke and what wokeness is I think wokeness has robbed many a people of um, compassion and replaced it with moral superiority. Compassion and empathy is paramount to any social movement and to any form of progress. Once you have compassion and empathy, you can often see that 
you have a lot more in common with people than you do apart. And it's this system under which we live in that forcefully tries to group us on our differences. What is radical is kindness. What is radical is understanding. That's the one thing they don't want us to do is to understand each other. Arguing with each other isn't actually radical at all. It's very conformist, actually. I do think that wokeness does run the risk sometimes in reducing very complex issues. Wokeness tends to be quite reactionary instead of responsive. And so when you react, you go off of emotion and you go off of anger, resentment, humiliation. And that doesn't necessarily leave much space for nuance. And nuance is important in order to understand the interconnectedness of the issues. So wokeness, she says, robs people of compassion. I think there's truth in that. When we're worried about our side, when we're worried about what it is that's offending us, when we're worried about making the change to fit our narrative, and sometimes it is good, but other times it could be self-serving, we lose the compassion for the other person. What's the other person going through? What's the other person suffering through? What has their experience been? You talk about white privilege, there's been a lot of people that have come out against the idea of white privilege just because the the tone of your or the color of your skin, the skin tone, doesn't necessarily dictate to you that you do have privilege. And then others come out and say, okay, if you're talking about white privilege and judging somebody based on the color of their skin, in this case being white, that is indeed racism. And so you're starting to see this balance or this interweaving of people. And that's where then, instead of having the dialogue and having the conversation, you think back to the early philosophers, maybe Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and some of these people, and how they would sit there and they would talk, and they would run ideas behind each other, uh, or you know, around, uh, by each other. They run ideas by each other, and they talk and dialogue and, and try to seek further truth. Now what we do is we shun the other person, we silence them, we shut them down, and we don't want to have any dialogue because all we want to do is further ourselves. And so she talks about compassion, having compassion for the other person. Your experience is going to be different from my experience. My experience is going to be different from other people's experience. And so just because we are of a certain race, just because we are a certain skin color, just because we are of certain something doesn't necessarily define what we've been, what we've been through. Doesn't necessarily, you can't sit there and say, just because I am white, I have gone through this, had this and done this. The assumptions there would be probably wrong because if unless you know me, you don't know my story, just as if I was to assume things from you. I was reading an article, and it was kind of interesting because there was a, it was a, a black writer, and they were discussing the topic of people taking on culture. And in the black community, I guess they like to take on the African culture, the roots, right, of your people, and that's common. But they were saying and talking about how people like to just kind of jumble all of Africa together. And they were trying to go on to describe in this article, and there was a conversation with a couple people, how the cultures of the different countries in Africa are vastly different. And so the Sudanese are going to have different cultures than maybe the Kenyans and the Ethiopians. And then, of course, if you get up north into northern Africa and Egypt and, and Libya and some of those places, the customs and traditions are going to be different. And they thought it was they thought it was odd that people tried to lump all of Africa into one culture, one thing. And so you'll see these people who claim to be woke, as they would say, they'd be donning this African attire. And these people would sit there and question them because what is it that you're trying to do? Are you trying to be woke and adopt something, a culture that may or may not be yours? And they equated it to this. So if you live in Atlanta and you're an Atlanta Braves fan, and you move to Seattle, you can still be an Atlanta Braves fan, but you live in Seattle. Now, you might adopt fanship of the Mariners or Seattle football team, but you still have roots in Atlanta, and it's okay for you to have roots in Atlanta. But if you're from Atlanta and you have roots, 
with the Braves or the Falcons and you move to Seattle and you start taking on the Red Sox, there'd be a reason as to why. Why did you become a Red Sox fan when you have no connection there? And then depending on what your response might be, maybe a family member, maybe someone you dated, maybe someone that was a friend. And so there becomes a connection. But there has to be something there. You can't just adopt something because it's just there and then claim that you have this heightened state of awareness just because you've adopted the traditions and customs and cultures of a certain thing, whether it be a ball team or a group of people in Africa. And so as you start to understand wokeness, you start to understand the fluidity of it, and you start to understand the lack of definition, and then people try to put you in this box of what wokeness is, and in order to be woke, this is what you have to be. But we all know that the box only contains so much, and there's a lot outside the box that we can learn from. And there's a lot outside the box that we can be and become and be a part of and evolve. And so when we take a look at this and we look at being woke, what is it that we're actually trying to achieve? Are we trying to achieve and accomplish something like the Chinese and Bill Maher was talking about? Or are we just going to, for the sake of conversation, create a bill and punt it 10, to, 10 years down the road? Are we going to spend 10 years trying to define what it is that we're trying to accomplish and never accommodate anything, never get to that change, never get to that point where, you know what, we're going to come together and dialogue and make some sort of defining moment. But no, we're too too wrapped up in our own silencing of America. If you have a different opinion than, than mine, especially today, I'm going to silence you. I'm going to go to social media and I'm going to cancel you. It's one-sided wokeness. Only the social justice causes and if you're on the right side of that cause that's the only thing that matters your opinion is okay but if mine differs then i'm not woke and you are and now you can silence me and you can cancel me instead of having dialogue instead of having discussion instead of trying to figure out what it is that we can actually do to make the situation better to solve the problem here's another cut I hope you can understand it because the audio is a little tough sometimes when you're trying to get stuff off the internet. The audio quality of the people posting it might not be the best. So hopefully you can, you can understand the audio quality. I try to make it the best I can. But basically it's, are you woke and, and what is wokeness? Are you being awake? And this comment I put in here because it talks about that being awake part. When you talk about being woke, it's basically springs from the being awake. So when you see stay woke, it's just a vernacular or a derivative of verbiage of being awake. And that's what wokeness and being woke is. Woke, W-O-K-E, is basically just a verbiage of awake, being awake. So when you stay woke, you're staying awake, but it comes from the vernacular that is involved in the African-American community. And so here's this comment, and uh, see if you can see where you fit in, I guess, is, is the question when she's talking. Are you woke? You've been hearing this word a lot lately, right? It shows up in hashtags, hashtag stay woke, which is usually accompanied with hashtag proud feminist, and people get really intense when they talk about being woke. What does it even mean? Also, uh, it sounds like a grammatical mistake, now. Shouldn't it be hashtag stay awake? Well, that's kind of the point. Being woke basically means being awake. Being awake to the experiences and problems that other people face, especially people from different backgrounds. Being woke means being awake to how lucky you are, how privileged you are. Being woke means being awake to the fact that sometimes, 
even when you are woke you can screw up like a season sari and so you better listen to other people when they tell you you might be wrong when you woke you never ever hear of sexual assault and think what time was it where was she what was she wearing was she drinking when you woke you don't assume that just because you have never had trouble with the landlords and your friends from the northeast have it's their fault when you woke you can understand why a rape joke or a racist joke is not funny even when it makes you laugh when you woke you know that it's not just no means no it's also yes means yes when you woke you realize that just because you don't need to walk on the road doesn't mean that people don't walk places in this country when you are woke you know that the reason you don't recognize caste surnames is because you are lucky you never needed to not because caste discrimination is not a problem when you are woke you know that men must cry and women can make more money than their husbands and pussy isn't an insult because hello have you ever ever seen a childbirth video woke you don't say something is gay when you don't like it and you understand that just because someone is gay doesn't mean that they are hitting on you or are less of a man when you are woke you are awake you are alive and you are paying attention so from that are you woke we able to define yourself yes means yes no means no you're are you awake are you aware of your surroundings do you notice that you have luck and privilege Are we taking away all judgments? Judgments have to be gone. Now, one of the things that she said in there is when you're talking about sexual assault, are you asking the questions? What was she wearing? What was she drinking? Things like that. But see, you have to be careful here because if you automatically dismiss some of those questions and they're not questions that have to be asked to put judgment upon the victim, but they're questions that have to be asked for the court of law. Because if you're trying to prove a case against somebody and convict somebody, some of those details are important, not important for judgment of the victim, but some of those things. So you can't necessarily push aside all judgment and all this stuff and all the, the facts that go on. Because if you do, you might miss out some critical information that then could be used against the person that is the criminal or the person that is the victimizer or the person that is doing the wrong. So we can't have total wokeness because then we're so open-minded that our brains leak out. And then what are we going to do? And then the other thing too is like when she talks about uh, comedians, if it's a racist joke and it's funny, but you laugh, so it's not funny. I don't really understand that because if it's funny and everyone's laughing, is it funny or is it racist? Is comedy really a component all of itself where we accept that? Or is it something different? And so there, if we look at social justice wokeness and comedic wokeness, can we have the same argument? Can we have the same conversation? Or is it different? Is comedy meant to take those stereotypes and those things that go on in society and emphasize them for the sake of being funny? And it's funny because we all see the stereotype. We all see the hypocrisy in that stereotype. And so does that make it funny? So can we have the same conversation in every little aspect of life? Or is the conversation going to be different if we're talking about social justice, if we're talking about racism, if we're talking about comedy, if we're talking about athletics, if we're talking about music, if we're talking about the Grammys? Did you watch the Grammys? 
I put a poll on social media and 90% of the people said they did not watch the Grammys. And that goes in correlation with pretty much the ratings that the Grammys had this year. And so the Grammys and some of these award shows, they're supposed to be the most woke, right? And I found it funny that Bill Burr, who's a white comedian, he was tasked with passing out the Grammy for female, I guess it's Latinx now, is that what we're calling it? But but Hispanic female, Hispanic women awards for the Grammys, musicians, music, the awards. And so he got a little bit of trouble because he couldn't pronounce a couple of the names. And just like earlier, I can relate because just like earlier, um, one of the cuts I played, I didn't really know how to pronounce her name. And I tried to Google it and find it, but I could never find anything. So I just opted to spell it for you. Uh, maybe I learned from Bill Burr. I don't know. But, um, but names can be difficult. So he kind of butchered her name. And he kind of joked about it. And then he joked about a white man delivering the awards to Hispanic women and how that was going to offend a bunch of people. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Everyone was offended. The feminist went nuts. Had they been uh, offended if he didn't say anything? I don't know. So I'm not sure what their wokeness was like. But I thought that was kind of humorous that he brought it upon himself. But you look at the ratings. And it was the lowest rated Grammy Awards ever. Dropped by 51% overall and 60% in some of the key demographics. And I believe... 8.8 million people watched it. Out of 330 million people in America, 8.8 million people watched it, the lowest ever. And like I said in my unscientific social media poll, 90% did not watch it. If you missed it, like I did, but you probably heard some of the headlines, probably about Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, how they got together and basically had an orgy on TV. That's what it was defined in some of the news recaps and how uh, there was just a lot of sexualized and suggestive provocative dancing remember back when there was big controversy when madonna kissed britney spears and everyone went nuts over that and then most recently a year or so ago when jennifer lopez was dancing at the halftime super bowl poll and she starts busting out on a on a stripper pole and how there was a great divide someone 50 years old being sexy versus the golden girls at 50 back in the eighties and nineties. And then how she was empowering women, but then others were thinking it was sexploitation and how we have that divide of wokeness there. And so you have basically the biggest uh, headline that came out of the Grammys was Cardi B and Megan, the stallion sitting there in their provocative dance. And then you had, I think black lives matter. And you had an artist that was uh, reenacting some shootings, things like that. So I guess that's, social justice wokeness being aware but nobody was watching nobody was there to see it and on the recaps everybody made it like it was the greatest thing ever now is that really being woke or is that something that we're just taking content putting it on tv and not giving the people what we want because remember earlier we just got rid of dr seuss because dr Seuss had so-called racist imagery we got rid of pepe Le Pew because apparently he represented the rape culture we got rid of Mr. Potato Head, or at least the Mr. part of the Potato Head, even though we have Mrs. Potato Head. And we had to gender neutrify a potato. We had to get rid of Gone with the Wind because it had racist and discriminatory imagery in it. But yet we have sexist imagery here. We want to empower women through the sex, but we can't sexualize women because then we're misogynist. And it goes round and round. And so where does this wokeness go? That's what the fluidity is. It's okay to celebrate Cardi B and Megan the Stallion doing their thing on TV, but yet it's not okay to have Pepe Le Pew apparently 
represent the rape culture, or it's not okay to have men objectify women as sexual objects, but then women are empowered through their sexuality and they're flaunting it on TV. Is it no wonder we're all confused? And why do we have these? Speaking of wokeness, why do we have these uh, awards shows anyways? So the Grammys was the lowest ever, drop of 51% overall, 8.8 million according to the info I had. The Oscars had a record low, the last Oscar award that we had, which I believe was 2020, but with COVID, I don't know if these were 2019 numbers or 2020 numbers, but the last Oscars we had, a record low number of people watched it, 23.6 million. The Golden Globes, the latest Golden Globes, which I guess just took place not too long ago, dropped 60%. Only 6.9 million people watched it compared to 18.3 million the show before. The Emmys, the latest Emmys show, had a record low 6.1 million views. And so why is it that we have these artists, these musicians, these actors, these actresses, these people of entertainment that are going to entertain us, why is it that no one's watching the award shows? These are supposed to be the elite of the elite, the best of the best winning these awards, yet nobody's watching and nobody cares. And how great is the quality of the content? Is it really that good? Is it really something worth watching, worth listening? You know, when we had radio and radio only, you would listen to a song, and if you got the CD, there might be the original song from an artist. So take Post Malone and Post Malone pop star. And I think the first couple things out of his word is a bunch of swear words. So you'd have the original, which has the explicit label on it. But then there'd be a radio cut or a radio edit that would be played over the airwaves. Now with Spotify and, and other digital downloads, you can produce any type of music you want without censorship, which is fine. But does that lower the content? Is it easy to sit there and put out content with profane lyrics, with sexualized lyrics, instead of sitting down and trying to put together music of quality? And social media is kind of interesting because you can kind of get a little litmus test of different people, different groups, by asking questions. And it's funny how some people look at the Cardi B's. You know, WAP was the song of the year. And if you're not familiar with the song, I encourage you to go Google the lyrics, look it up, and do the research yourself. Don't take my word for it, but it's pretty provocative, pretty suggestive. Again, not condoning the censorship of it, and you can be the judge for it. Maybe you think it's tame and mild. That's fine. That's your opinion. But you should look at it and see. And is that okay? But yet, Speedy Gonzalez isn't. Dr. Seuss isn't. William Shakespeare, we need to cancel him and ban him. You look at cuties. There was an episode we did a few months ago talking about cuties. And some people thought it was the coming of age for 13, 14, 15-year-olds. And others thought it was sexploitation of underage teens, underage girls. And so when we take a look at the wokeness factor, what is it that we're looking at? Some people think it's okay. And I think that's where the problem comes in. We no longer have a foundation of what is good, what is bad. And if we do... If we do happen to disagree, instead of talking about it and encouraging dialogue, what we do is we sit there and we just try to cancel the other person, silence them, tell them they're wrong, their opinion is wrong, and why their opinion is wrong. So getting back to the Grammys and these awards, you know, a lot of uh, responses to why people aren't watching starts with the quality of the content. You're not missing anything. Then you go back to being preached at by these Basically, they're out-of-touch people, people with a lot of money and living the comfort life, 
trying to tell us regular folk how to live and how we should live. And then we find the hypocrisy because they go on and do things that they're telling us not to do much like politicians today. When it came to uh, the COVID restrictions, we'd see them telling us to do one thing yet. They're doing another things are too political. Sometimes music and movies are an escape. We want to get away from it. And yet because we're living it day to day, the escape is no longer there because we're being inundated by it through our escape, the music that we listen to, the movies that we watch, the TV shows. There's other stuff on. One of the excuses for, I believe it might have been the Emmys last time, but one of the award shows was the Lakers were on. Maybe it was the championship. Then you had some other thing that was on, some big event, and so other things were on. Well, if that's the case and you're competing with other things, then your excuse shouldn't be other things were on. That's why our ratings suffered. You should raise the standard. You should put breaded product out there. You should make it that people want to watch it instead of turning things off or making product where people will turn you off. And I think just overall, there's a lack of interest. So as we look at these things, these award shows, for example, and the award shows are supposed to be the epitome of wokeness because these are the people that are going to tell us what being woke is about. They're the musicians. They're the maybe athletes. They're the actors. But yet nobody's watching them. Nobody's viewing it. And especially in key demographics, which equal money for the network, for the show, the people that would go out and spend money on the advertising, it's not there. And so what are we trying to do? What heightened state of social, political, and cultural awareness are we trying to achieve? And how can we do that? What can we do? Here's another uh, piece of audio that I want to play for you. It's, it's a bit of a parody on being woke, but within the parody, you can kind of see where the confusion and lack of definition and what is it that we're actually trying to achieve comes into play. Are you even woke? This has been the question that's perplexed humanity for hundreds of hours since prehistoric times. And I also bet your life is pretty crappy not having the answer to this question. (laughs) Are you even woke? Come with me on a little journey to understand what it looks like to be woke. If you were woke, then you would. Be open-minded enough to see that you're never wrong. Ask every person you see if they think we're living in a simulation. See insensitivity in everything everybody else does. Know that focusing on the problem and not the solution is the solution to any problem. Use taking the red pill or the blue pill matrix analogies at least once in every conversation. Talk about blockchain technology over avocado toast and a $6 coffee that you didn't use the blockchain to pay for. Know exactly how to criticize every public policy in a precise way that won't make any difference. If you're woke, then you would be advanced enough to see how progressives aren't progressive enough, how the left is too far to the left, how the right is too far to the right, and how people in the middle are too indifferent. Ever eat bread that's not artisan, whole wheat made from heirloom Italian wheat seeds with the flair of impossibly gluten-free attitude? Never eat meat that's not hormone-free, antibiotic-free, free-range, grass-fed, and cuddled at night. Never eat meat that's made out of meat. 
If you were woke, then you would know that the government's trying to deceive you no matter what they're telling you. See the Illuminati's involvement in everything. Know that an emotionally charged rant on Twitter is the key to being the change that you wish to see in the world. Judge judgmental people to be unevolved. Judge yourself to be non-judgmental. Know that bottled water is healthier for you than tap water. Know that tap water is healthier for the planet than bottled water. And know that being healthy is what's healthiest for the planet. Now, some of the things in there, obviously it's a parody, but when you look at some of the, or listen to some of the things that's being said, it is bottled water is better for you, but tap than tap water, but tap water is better for the environment because we don't have the bottles and it just goes round and round. You're open-minded enough to know that you're never wrong. You're focused on the problem over the solution, which brings us back to what that whole China versus USA uh, comment was about to start the show. We're looking at the problem and trying to define the problem, name the problem, debate the problem, why you're the problem, why I'm not the problem, why the problem is the problem and you're the problem. We get confused. We don't know what this is all about. We could sit there in a conversation and say, okay, you're not woke enough because of X, Y, Z. And then I could say, okay, I'm going to change and I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden now you say, well, that's not even being woke enough. You need to change even more. It just goes on and on. It's fluid. It can be anything. It could be anything you want it to be. It could be anything I want it to be. And if I want wokeness to be a certain way and you want it to be a certain way and we have differences, then you're a racist. I'm a racist. I'm a supremacist. I'm a phobic and all those other things. And that's the other thing now. Remember, uh, everything that we hear and see, if there's a disagreement, it all comes back to you're a racist, you're a phobic of some sort, and you're a supremacist of some sort. That's what it is. And we throw it out there all the time, and it's become that kid who cries wolf. So when we do see true racism, so when we do see true supremacy, when we see true phobic, we don't do anything about it because we're so blinded by it and inundated by it because everybody's a racist, everything is racist, everything is racism, everything is phobia, and you're phobic, and everybody has a supremacist to them. And so we don't do anything to fix the problem. And social media is the key. We sit there and we get on our social media, we hashtag everything, and now we feel like we've been empowered. You don't believe me? Well, maybe you'd believe former President Barack Obama. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college camps, is Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then... I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. (laughs) 
let me get on TV. <laughs> watch my show. Watch Gronish. <laughs> um, you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. So being woke isn't activism. Activism requires steps. Now that's up to you as to what type of steps they want to be. Your steps might be different than my steps. The things that matter to you might be different than what matter to me. Your journey is different from my journey. What you go through and experiences you go through are different from mine. Things that interest you are going to be different than me. We might have some commonality for the betterment of society. We might have some different disagreements over what that betterment of society is going to be. But unless we come together and talk about it and discuss it, how are we going to get there? We're going to continue point fingers at each other, call each other names, and that's what it becomes. It becomes the legitimacy and the authority on wokeness is based on the voice of the populace, whatever that could be at the time, or, or the voice of the squeakiest wheel. The squeakiest wheel gets the oil, right? The fluid, so that it becomes unsqueaky, gets the attention, basically, is what I'm saying. And so in order to have that legitimacy, we need to be the loudest. We need to be the most hashtagged, call people racist, sexist, phobic, and supremic. They have their supremacyism. They focus on attacking people solely based on their ideology, and that ideology is fluid. One day it's okay to be there and, and sit and, well, here, here's a good example. So now apparently fallout from the Megan and Harry interview, okay? This is the latest thing. If you use Oprah Winfrey as a meme, that is digital blackface. And if you're a white person or a person of non-color, whatever that means, and you use Oprah on a social media meme, that is digital blackface. That's new. That just came out, what was that interview, a week or so ago? What are we doing? We're just making stuff up. That was the thing last week with the um, the gal that was um, talking about bringing out videos faster. People are, people are making up, I think it was uh, sexual identity was a video, and people are making them up faster than you can put out videos. People are just sitting there making things up. So now if you use Oprah as a meme, it's digital blackface if you're a person of non-color. So you're attacking people based on ideology. It's feelings over facts is basically what it comes down to, people. We're more concerned with our feelings rather than the facts. Facts don't matter. Feelings do. And feelings can always change. Feelings can be different. You know, remember uh, earlier the clip, let me play it again, because you'll see that when she's talking about feelings over facts is a big part of what she's talking about. I think wokeness has robbed many a people of um, compassion and replaced it with moral superiority. Compassion and empathy is paramount to any social movement and to any form of progress. Once you have compassion and empathy, you can often see that 
you have a lot more in common with people than you do apart. And it's this system under which we live in that forcefully tries to group us on our differences. What is radical is kindness. What is radical is understanding. That's the one thing they don't want us to do is to understand each other. Arguing with each other isn't actually radical at all. It's very conformist, actually. I do think that wokeness does run the risk sometimes in reducing very complex issues. Wokeness tends to be quite reactionary instead of responsive. And so when you react, you go off of emotion and you go off of anger, resentment, humiliation. And that doesn't necessarily leave much space for nuance. And nuance is important in order to understand the interconnectedness of the issues. Wokeness is reactionary based off emotions. And you're dealing with that emotional response. It's not responsive to the facts of what's going on. And that's what happens a lot of times. Facts over feelings is what it should be. But instead, it becomes feelings over facts and feelings can change. We take the complex issues, like she said there, and we try to simplify them. We try to rewrite the facts. We change the facts to fit our feelings. You try to uh, reform, maybe, change, but change really doesn't give it the, the, the punch It's reform somebody, that new man principle. We're going to make this person a new person, a changed changed person, okay? We're going to reconstruct the narrative, deconstruct their opinion. We're going to be anti-individualism. We're going to come together and make sure that it's a collective conscience that equals wokeness. Group conformity. We're going to tear down the individual. How many times have you been silenced? You know, they use this in the education system a lot, too. It's propaganda and brainwashing, but it's really what they're called training because you can't use propaganda and brainwashing, but it's training. And so you have an educational system that is training people in this wokeness, and is that really the place to be to train people? Because who's the one that's creating the narrative of wokeness? The wokeness people could end up with somebody in there training people to be anti-woke. And then, of course, when you have a difference of opinion, it's censorship. And we've seen that with big tech. Attacking the credibility of the opposition. Misinformation. Canceling them. Cancel culture steps in, and we do away with them. So how can we do away with this? What's the solution? What's the solution to this wokeness? Well, first off, I think we have to come together and have a conversation. We have to sit there and realize that there are differences. Like former President Obama said, people are different. People, good people, everybody, in fact, does bad things. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to do something bad. I've often wondered if you say something racist, does that really make you a racist? If you lie, are you a liar? Or did you tell a lie? Did you say something racist, but you're really not racist to heart? Did you say something anti-woke, but does that, does that really make you anti-woke? I think there's a difference, too, in that, in what we say in those individual transgressions, because we, like the president said, former president, we all do bad things. Does that necessarily make us who we are? And then there's change. A couple of weeks ago, we had a clip talking about the change that people can make. What you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, depending on your age, you might not be the same person. You might have evolved. You might have learned. You might have come out of that. And you've changed, rehabilitated. Maybe you were young and you did some things because you really didn't fully understand 
the ramifications of your actions. And so you grew from it. Or maybe culture changed because this wokeness narrative changed. And once what was once okay is now not okay. And when it was okay, you participated in it. Now we go back 20 years and we call you out for it. And so it's this thing that's just a fluid thing. It could be whatever you want it to be. Like the parody said, bottled water is better for you, but tap water is better for the environment. What do we do? You have to eat some heirloom nut seed bread and then you're okay. You have to eat meat that was hugged at night, but then eating meat that's not meat is the best meat to eat at all. I mean, it just goes crazy. So I think we have to sit there and have a rational view and starts the conversation. If we have differencing of opinions, we have to talk about it. We have to sit down and come together and understand that what it is, first off, what is the difference? Not what is, is. What's the difference? Let's talk about the difference and how can we come to an understanding? We might not come to a full understanding, but we might be able to come to a working understanding. Because again, your experiences are going to be different from my experiences. What you went through, different from what I went through. But only through the course of dialogue, only through the course of constructive change or constructive activism can things get better. But we have to come together as a people. We have to raise the standard within ourselves, bring out our inner greatness, not only individually, but as a society, and come together and work together to get there. Like the Chinese, find a problem and resolve the problem. Come up with the solution, but do it in the right way because that does matter. Because even though China is getting things done, as Bill Maher reflected, the way they're doing it is probably suspect. Probably a lot of human rights violations going on, which we know they're well, well accustomed to doing. But how we do it is just as important. But we have to come together and solve the problem and not just talk about it, not just rename the dam, but actually build the dam. Not just rename something and kick it down the curb to resolve later, but solve it now. We've been dealing with racial inequality for a long time. Why is that? What can we do to fix it? Obviously, all these years later, these years later, we can't rely on government. We have to do it at a grassroots level and come together as people. We have to realize that we all bleed red and that we as people can bring our experiences together and to create that environment that we want, that society that we want, and not just automatically prejudge people for who they are and realize that people can change and that once what was okay might not be now and because we partook in what was okay then, we recognize that that wasn't, and so we move forward. But it's this whole thing about being based on this fluidity of what the definition of wokeness is, being outraged all the time, being uncomfortable all the time, hitting social media and hashtagging all the time. That's not the solution. That's not what we do. That's not going to get anything done. It's just going to cause more strife, cause more anger, cause more disconnect. The canyon is going to continue to get wider and wider. The divide is going to continue to grow and grow. And we're only going to be driven further apart by these ideologies. And so when it comes to the definition of what is wokeness, well, that doesn't seem to be a true definition. It could be whatever. And I think that's the problem. So instead of focusing on wokeness and staying woke and all that, why don't we focus on the problem, have a conversation, try to come up with a solution, some middle ground, some common ground. And we might just push forward a lot more than by putting the black square on social media or doing something on social media or just saying, hey, I'm woke. 
but actually taking constructive action toward the betterment of society. And it starts with a dialogue and communication. And if we do that, we might just be able to start to move forward and accomplish some of the things that we've been trying to do for the last number of years. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast highlighting the stuff that's been stepped in so you don't have to. Again, my name is Son Edom. And if you want to uh, check us out on social media, the podcast page is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can listen on demand anywhere you listen to podcasts or everywhere or just Google search Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, and we pop up. You can go to Instagram and you can uh, click the link in the bio and you can find all kinds of options there too to watch the show or to listen to the show. We're also on YouTube and IGTV. And so you can go to YouTube or click the link in the bio. That will take you to YouTube and you can watch the video podcast of this show. You can also uh, find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And you can find me there. Again, a link in the bio takes you to some things. We are on, uh, we're on live, radiowarp.com, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com, every Tuesday night, 10 o'clock Pacific time, going live with the podcast, and again, on demand, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a new swag, sporting a new uh, polo from the swag shop, hat from the swag shop, and you can get uh, Two Steps Ahead uh, merchandise. Just go to the link in the bio of any of our Instagram pages at Edom Rocks or at Two Steps Head Podcast and click the link in the bio and you go to the swag shop. There's all kinds of stuff, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, children's wear, infant wear. Want to raise up the next generation of Two Steps Head Podcast listener. There's drink wear, such as the mug and other things. And so uh, if it want to support the show, that's one way you can do that. Another way is to tell other people about the show. Spread the word. And uh, obviously, anytime you want, you can reach out. Just DM me at Instagram, and uh, and I'll respond. Again, we'd like to thank you for listening. We'd like to thank you for being a part of the show. We truly appreciate your listenership. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Be kind. And we'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead Podcast.